listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about how to discuss books, how to talk about them. How? 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 We're going to tell you. Did you want to know how? We're going to tell you. And interviewing author, Stoya. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I just started a new book. But I'm pretty far into it considering I just started it. I would say I'm like at least 10% of the way through. Um, And it's called The Rending and the Nest by Kate Schwen. The name is really confusing of this book because I, so it's been on my list to read for a while. And every time I look at it, I go, what is this about again? But now that I'm reading it, I know what it's about because the rending is when 95% of the population and everything in the world or a certain percentage of everything in the world, like things, disappeared. Oh, wow. So it's post-apocalyptic. Totally my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And it's about a young woman. On a journey. <laughs> totally in a wheelhouse. Are there she's, any are there any abandoned highways? She's uh yeah, there are lots of abandoned highways. Awesome. This is how they got out of town. They had to get out of town. How'd you think they get out of there? Those they were abandoned in a, basically highways. she wakes up in a mall in an H and M. Oh wow. And, and like ninety percent of the stuff is gone in the H and M and she's on the floor and uh that's like her flashback, but they're living, she's living in sort of this post-apocalyptic society. It's a bunch of young people, but they're kind of all ages. And um, her main job is she goes through the piles with a capital P and scavenges for supplies uh, for people. This is my dream. Yeah. Just to get to go through Being piles it. of shit and get to scavenge for people, sca- like scavenge for people. Let me in that old H&M pile. I, like, I just want to look through things and find things for other people that people need. Um... But then things go crazy. I don't want to give too much away, but someone is pregnant, and maybe she's not pregnant with a baby. <gasps> uh, so that, I don't, I haven't gotten that far. I just read about it on, like, the back of the book. So I've been wanting to read this yeah. one for a while. I, it's been on my list for about a year. So I am excited to actually get to it. And now I know that the rending is a, the disappearance, which I didn't know before. It's very exciting. What are you reading, Mallory? So I'm listening to an audiobook called Made, Hard Work, Low Pay, and A Mother's Will to Survive, which is written and read by Stephanie Land. And it's an incredible memoir about this woman who's like a single mom trying to take care of her kid. And like the book opens up and she's just moving from a homeless shelter into like this is like transitional living home. And her parents are, are awful to her and like can't help her out at all. And the father of her baby um, just like didn't want the kid and doesn't want to be involved and doesn't want to help her and like really goes into like how how you fall into a state like this how one missed paycheck can literally when you're in this like living in this kind of poverty can send you into a homeless shelter and like how difficult it is to get out of it and how our government does not make it easy for people to get out of these situations and it doesn't make it easy for them to live in these situations and it's really sad like you know I grew up really poor so sometimes it's like a little hard for me to listen to um but it's really, really, really good. And she reads it very well. So that's made by Stephanie Land. And mine's The Rending and the Nest by Kath Schwinn. Uh, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Laura wrote in, and Laura actually wrote in with some really nice things to say about Lady from the Black Lagoon. Oh, which, that's so nice. Which checks off a mark on the Reading Glasses Reader yeah, Challenge. It does. So thank you, Laura. And here is Laura's wheelhouse. It's A Plague Kills Everyone. Yeah, I like that. Female-driven adventure. Yeah, me too. Coming-of-age stories. Cyborgs. Magical societies from other planets, our world but only slightly different, time travel that has heart-wrenching consequences, and magical abilities that feel real. I am in the same boat as Laura, for sure. Uh, Jonah wrote in and said, with with some nice words about the podcast, which we always appreciate. Thank you, Jonah. We hope you're doing okay. 
And then Anna wrote in about the Sorting Hat debate. I just finished listening to your episode on Harry Potter on the subject of Hogwarts house as identity and on Bria's difficulty finding a definitive answer in which house she's in. (laughs) I thought you guys might be interested in the Sorting Hat chats. They have a fascinating narrative going on about the nature of the houses and the ways that we characterize ourselves in fictional fictional characters. I've spent hours reading their archives. Check them out. And then there's a link here and we will include that in the show notes. Um, a couple of bookmarks. We actually guested on the Harry Potter, Potter and, and the, the Sacred, Sacred text. text. Thank you. Uh, podcast where we did a blessing of a character from Harry Potter. We won't tell you who. Go listen to the podcast. I'm interested if listeners can guess which character we chose. Yeah, go listen to it. So that will be coming out soon. So quick bookmark for me. I'm still on book tour. And if I'm, I'm finally having my first Colorado date. So if you were in Denver, Colorado, I'm going to be at Denver Comic Con. All weekend, I have like 10 different events. Uh, I have a bunch of signings and panels and stuff. So if you're coming out to the con, come come see me. I want to I wanna meet you. I want to meet some cool glassers. And so that is uh, May 30th through June 2nd. And so before we talk about how to discuss books, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, James. Hey, Nakay. Well, what we doing, girl? We are inviting the awesome listeners of Maximum Fun to join us at Minority Corner. Ooh, fun. But you know how we go on Tangent City. We're the joint mayors. We're not going to do that, okay? Soup's focus. Okay, so Minority Corner is where you can all come and get your pop culture taste. Plus, social commentary, news, and TV movie reactions like Avengers Endgame. No spoilers here. Ooh, snap. Sometimes we dig into the vaults and we review and recap those movies you missed. Gonna you, Halle Berry's kidnapped. I love how she always gives 1,000%. Like Beyonce. Did you see Homecoming on Netflix? She was burning it down like the Mother of Dragons. Have you seen the latest Game of Thrones? So good. Only thing missing? More, More black, black people. people. What do you think about Mayor Pete? Wait a minute, James! We went on a tangent. Yes. Ah, well. Join us every Friday for more tangents. On Maximum Fun. This week, it's all about book discussion. Isn't that what we do every week? (laughs) Well, so one of the Reading Glasses reader challenges for the year is to join a book club. But how exactly do you talk about a book besides whether or not you liked it? I I actually hear from this from a lot of people who are like, well, what do I say? I like this is a good subject. Yeah. Because it's hard. Like, because you you think you have a lot to say about a book and then you're like, well, I liked it a lot. And then you're like, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it's tough. So, but that actually is a really good place to start. So how a book made you feel is a great way to initiate a discussion about a book in a book club or just with friends. Did it make you happy, satisfied, pensive, angry, comforted, not alone? Did it make you laugh? Your emotional reaction to a book, I think, is always a really interesting way to like doorway into a good conversation about it. Yeah. And happy, like just happy if you're like, oh, it made me happy. That is complicated, right? There's over 2,000 synonyms for the word happy. So if this book made you feel joyful... That's different than made you feel captivated, right? Yes, true. So, Mallory, I'm going to name some words, and you tell me what they mean to you when you hear them. They all mean happy, okay? Okay. But name, like, things they make you think of. Okay. (laughs) Can't all be cats, okay? Okay. Pleasant. Uh, a nice hot beverage. Okay, like a, like a tea? Uh, like, I quit drinking coffee, so I guess hot cocoa. Like, I, like, like, comforted, like, like, soothed. Okay, um... Uh, blessed. <laughs> oh, like really super fucking grateful. Yeah, but like what's something that makes you feel that way? Uh, my cat. Yeah, okay. That's the only time you can use cat. Okay, well, but I feel blessed with Lula because she doesn't like anybody but me. Okay, ecstatic. 
<laughs> something that made me, makes me made me feel ecstatic is a big work thing that happened recently that I can't announce yet, but it's huge and very it makes that like like firework feeling. Okay, tickled pink. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Amused, I guess. So yeah. like, uh, I can't say anything about cats. Okay, uh, <laughs> it oh. can't be your cat. You can use like another cat. I, oh, you know what? When I went to go to Chipotle and they give you a really big scoop of guac. Oh, yeah. Tickle pink. Tickle pink. Tickle Tickled. green. Tickle green. Tickle green. Tickle green. My point is, a book can make you feel many ways except good. Yes. And, like, coming up with these things is good not only for our brains, but also, like, when you're thinking about writing that Goodreads review, when you're telling people about it, I think saying, like, it didn't just, like, make me feel good. It was like, oh, it made me feel like you feel when you get extra guacamole at the, yeah. at the Chipotle. <laughs> oh, I want to go to Chipotle after this. <laughs> so, um, but what if you're stumped on like how to go further besides that, like besides how a book made you feel? Actually, many books come with reader discussion guides in the back or you can find fan fan or like official book club made ones online. Just try Googling the book with discussion questions. You can find questions on Goodreads too. Sometimes you can get ideas from reading reviews. Yeah, totally. And you can also make your own. You know, take some time to think about the book. Did you pick up on any themes? Which characters did you like or dislike? Which, you know, some characters are meant to be disliked. Some characters are meant to be liked, and you may dislike them, and that's yep. okay. That's totally okay. Uh, what did you think about their arcs and what they learned or how they changed? What are their motivations? Did you like the setting or time period? Obviously, something like that is important to me when I'm reading a book. Um, how do you think it affected the story? Um, I'll say the lovely woman who runs my book club, whose name is Chelsea, started last week's discussion with whether or not we'd ever worked in retail. We read Horror Store um, uh, by Grady Hendrix, a uh, 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 past guest on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, she asked whether or not we'd ever worked in retail and how that related to how we felt about the book because that was like an interesting way to jump in and personalize it. It, yes. it wasn't just a, did you guys like this book, Horror Store? Because we were all like, yeah, we like this book, but that's not a discussion question. You know no. what I mean? So thinking about like how you relate to it personally because like I am going to have a different take on this book because I waited tables for five years and recognized the plight of working for tips and the downtrodden nature of the character. I'm like, totally makes sense to me, whereas someone else might be like, no, I didn't do the, really recognize that she hated working an hourly job because I've never had to do that before. I haven't done it in years or made me remember that time in my life. So I think finding a way to see the character through your own lens and why this is how you relate to the book really helps me when I'm talking to other people about books that they're reading because yeah. they can be like oh it's about a person like this and I used to do that and that's interesting for me and I thought they'd really capture that yeah and it's a great way to talk to other people you might learn something especially if you're in a book club and you don't like really know everybody else there it's a great way to like make new friends like you know with horror story like oh you can find out like oh I didn't know that you worked at Panera Bread for 15 years yeah it's like I mean the only the only thing you have to be careful is if you're reading a book about like something like a triggery thing sure probably not a great way but like even then like just starting in the discussion with like how do you personally relate to these characters and if you do or you don't because like you said that really can have an effect on whether or not you liked a book yeah because it might seem really unrealistic but then someone who's actually done that might be like oh no this is like a really great way to to look at it i think it helps you ask and answer those questions about characters a little bit better mm-hmm. like it's always a great way to start is like what would you have done in this situation yeah would you have done the same thing would you have made these right choices and I, I, I think about that of course that's like i mean as a person who reads a lot of books about like young independent women like i'm like would i make that same choice mm-hmm. as a young independent woman <laughs> like yes. or would i have made 
made a different choice. I also think it's a great way to um, talk about, you know, we all, we've talked a lot on the show about how difficult it is if you like the book and someone doesn't or vice versa. If you have a personal connection to a book, you can be like, yeah, well, I know you didn't like this, but I did the same thing for five years. Mm -hmm. So I really connected to it. And I'm very, you know, very, I can't be objective about it. Right. Also, that person isn't wrong for not liking it. It's just not the book for them and they didn't connect with the main character which is okay you don't have to have the light life experience but there's things you can learn from people who have different life experiences than you so bria what do you like to talk about when you talk about a book um i generally end up talking about the plot because of the books that i read i think uh, my sentences usually start with it's a most apocalyptic book but it's this one's different because it's this <laughs> People have made fun of me because that's how I explain books. Um, But that's sort of the way I want books pitched to me because I'm definitely, I like nuanced characters. I like when I'm learning something. Um, But I definitely read a lot of books that are like, it's this big theme. It's this big, you know, same with sort of like movies where I'm like, oh, it's this horror movie, but it's like this. You know, like I kind of am interested in those kinds of genres of books. But... If you pitch something to me and you're like, uh, or uh, or if I pitch someone something somewhere where I'm like, oh, I knew nothing about African history during the 1870s, and this book is a light is about this, I'm like, I don't know about that either. I'm also interested in that. So I think there's like any time it's like something that I'm like, I've never read anything like that before. Yeah, that's how I like them pitched to me. So I think that's how I pitch it to other people. I'm always like, I didn't know anything about this. I've never read a story like this. This is a really unique take on this. That is the way I'm going to pitch something because it will make me read a book. Um, What about you? So I'm all about themes. uh, And if it's a weird fiction book, like the metaphors, you know, I'm all about the weird, weird fiction. So I love, love things that mean other things. I love things that stand for things. It's like one of my favorite. It's why I love weird fiction so much. It's like, oh, well, this weird bee monster is like the embodiment of anxiety. And this is what it would be like if it was like flying around society. Like that's stuff like that is so interesting to me. And that's what I love talking about. I think it's a great way to get people talking. Like I said, is to ask what people would do in those characters shoes mm-hmm. and that's what I like thinking about and like asking them well like oh you didn't like this character what would what, what, what have you done or you like this character would you have made the same choices like did a character make a big choice like you know ask people what they what they would do or if you want to like really delve into it find try to find a choice that maybe is very very important but you don't realize how important it is oh like a small thing that gets made like in the book and then that affects the entire plot yes. of the book I think That's it's a great way to get people thinking and also really engaged with the book mm-hmm. uh, and think about it from different angles because you know we all when, when, the first time you read a book you're just sort of barreling through it you know and like I notice a lot of times when I go back and reread like I notice things that I never noticed before and I think it's great to ha- to look at stuff like this and then you could start to like kind of slow down and look around and go oh I never really thought about this character's arc or how it affects this other thing so sort of trying to you know see what what could mean something what could, something could represent or what choices that you would make kind of helps pause everything and like get to look around a little bit. Yeah. And what's helpful for me too is I will go and read Goodreads reviews after, or I'll read general reviews after I've read the book to be like, especially when I'm about to talk about it on the show, because I'm like, ooh, what is like, what are other people saying the themes and the big, big moments are in this book? Mm-hmm. And that helps me to think about it and talk about it. Cause, you know, reviewers, they're, they're, 
obviously not completely objective, but they have written a lot more about books than I have. Yes. So they're going to pick up on things and be like, oh, this book has themes of motherhood. And I'm like, oh, I saw that, but like I wasn't really thinking about it the whole way through. So like that also helps is to kind of go and read what other people are saying. Yeah. You know? And remember, don't be a trash baby and trash someone else's views of a book. They're not stupid. Well, actually, they might be. But don't say that. Don't say it. Everyone's experience with a book is valid and very different and subjective. You might learn something about a book that you love by hearing what someone else didn't like about it. That's actually something because I have like a you know weird taste in characters sometimes and I love really weird stuff. And I like things being kind of like if someone's like, oh, well, this book kind of ended without explanation. I'm like, really? Like, tell me more. Tell me more. Salesman. Is it going to leave me wanting more? Yeah. Like I get really excited <laughs> How about weird it. is it on a Mallory scale? A one yeah. to, a, to a Mallory? <laughs> How many glasses are there? <laughs> Is it a nine on the Mallory scale? Like that's that's what I want everyone from to take away from this podcast is that you can have these discussions with someone who didn't like it. You can go to a book club with like I think someone asked us that once as a reader question, like, should I go to the book club even if I didn't like it? I think it's totally valid and you might teach other people things about the book or you might find out you might have gotten something from it even though you didn't like it. Yeah. In my book club, there was a book we read um, earlier this year, maybe it was late last year, that uh, a lot of people did not like. And I thought it was a really great conversation because it wasn't just like, this book is trash. It was just like sort of like, oh, this book was categorized wrong and pitched to me wrong. And we kind of talked about the way the horror community might like approach a book that's horror. We actually, and, we, and it was really interesting. Uh, last, two nights ago, we went out to dinner. We were having the same conversation about a book that I won't name that was pitched as horror, but really that's isn't. the book I'm talking about. Yes, that's okay. literally what I'm talking about. Okay, uh, yeah, where it's it's like because of like the marketing of the book, which I think is really interesting, especially if you are in the bookish community, you know about marketing, you know about how from this show you've learned about marketing about how. Things are maybe pitched in a way that doesn't necessarily make sense for the book once you actually read it. Yes. And so remember, This Just Wasn't For Me is the perfect way to talk about a book you didn't like. You know, you can engage and talk about the themes and characters and settings. You don't have to say this book was a piece of garbage. You can just talk about how it made you feel. And if you're also, if you're in a book club that is making you feel bad about your views on a book, you need to find a new book club. The problem isn't you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the the people in your book club or the leader, the organizer of book club needs to fix that. Yeah, you need to put them right in the door in a garbage can. Yeah, yeah. Or just leave or find a new book club. Find a new book club. There's a lot of book clubs. Yes. So you can send your thoughts on book discussion to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. And before we talk to author Stoya, who wrote an incredible essay collection called Philosophy, Pussycats, and Porn, we're going to take a quick break. Unless you wish you could trade in your own family for the Pearsons, Inside Pop is definitely not for you. Sean, that's a little extreme and also not quite true. Okay, Amita, how about Inside Pop is the podcast for people who love and appreciate the best pop culture has to offer? Oh, much better. In every episode, we interview the people who create the culture you crave. Past interviews include the production designer for Fargo and Tony DeCray from the DreamWorks Story Department. You'll also get the very best pop culture recommendations in our Big Sell segment. Plus the opinions of two TV producers who are pop culture obsessives and actually do wish Sterling K. Brown was our cousin. Kissing cousins, that is. Listen to Inside Pop every other Wednesday on the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. So here we are with Stoya, author and sex advice giver. Stoya, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. What are you reading right now? 
Oh, geez. Um, so I got my hands on a galley of Jen Gunter's The Vagina Bible. <gasps> and yes, I am sitting on a pile of smug. Although I got to the pregnancy <laughs> chapter and was like, whoa. <laughs> Vaginas are extremely powerful. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of terrified of the idea of like having a living creature living inside me. So like that much nitty gritty was like, ah. Um, and I'm also in the middle of Claire Wright's You Daughters of Freedom, which is about the Australian suffrage movement. And it was given to me by one of my book club members who I'm constantly misnationalitying. Uh, and he was like, I'm not trying to be passive aggressive, but like, you need to educate yourself on Australia. <laughs> Wait, what nationality do you think she is? Or um, they are? He, and I always think he's British. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. That's hilarious. He was like, oh, I'm coming off more posh than I am. I guess that's fine. But also like Australia is a real place, honey. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your book? Um, oh gosh. So I wrote it drunk and edited sober and then had a real editor go through it um, to give us the beautiful sensical thing that you can hold in your hot sweaty hands today. Um, it's a bunch of journalistic snapshots of what it's like to be like dead center at the intersection of feminism, sexuality, publicity, and capitalism. Um, it's kind of like, it's like the Bermuda Triangle of vaginas. Um, <laughs> Amazing. So I talk about, you know, all the limp penises I encounter offset because I intimidate people because of my career and like how we work through that. <laughs> that's what that's that's honestly if i could be a superhero that is truly the power that i would want to make a man's penis limp <laughs> and like maybe to read a little bit faster <laughs> those two things so this episode is all about how to talk about books can you tell us about the awesome book club that you run um yes i love talking about my book club so like a year and a half ago, this woman, Larissa, who runs this event space, Gemini and Scorpio Loft, she was like, we should do a thing. And I was like, what if we did like a book club on like Story of the Eye? Because I know it like the back of my hand and I have all these opinions about how it relates to his later philosophical work, erotism and like blah, blah, blah. Um, and she's like, awesome. So we do it. And I'm a control freak because I'm nervous. And then I was like, let's do another one. But like, try to be less top down and more like conversational and it kept being fun. Um, so we take a book that addresses sexuality in some way and we all read it in our spare time. And then we meet and we talk about the book itself and the characters and how we're reacting, especially when it's an older work. Like there's a lot of like, wow, to our modern eyes, this is totally fucked up, but also it's really hot. So like, what do we do here? Um, and that brings up like real world, um, you know, real world experiences with sexuality. So we use the book as a lens to talk about other stuff. And so how do you folks choose which books you're going to read? Um, first it was me going, what did I read a million times when I was <laughs> 30? Um, and the problem with that is it's like, 
like story of the eye like they're teenagers and then like the claiming of sleeping beauty she's like 14 or 15 and so like you know reading those books when you're a teenager is one thing but then as an adult it's just like this is not right um so I've started taking recommendations um a couple of the book club regulars suggested Cushiel's Dart which I think is the longest book we'll ever do um, but it was like really awesome and everyone was, um, actually no, she, she has, the main character has sex pretty young in Cushiel's start as well. Um, not that I didn't have sex pretty young in the real world. So like it happens, but, um, you know, we, we mostly try to look for books where everyone's an adult and consent is taken seriously and that can be really hard actually. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, especially with older books. So how do you pick the discussion questions? Do you make them up yourself? Do you pull from like the reader guide in the back of the book or find anything online? There usually isn't a reader guide. Um, I'll do my basic research because we always have questions like, like with Nin, it was like, what is this woman's deal? And I'm like, well, in her diaries, she says she was having sex with her therapist. And I feel like that does kind of say a lot. Um or like like Nicholson Baker with House of Holes, like the room was like, this guy's really straight, isn't he? <laughs> and so like you want to be prepared with that information. But um, it's a really good group of people. And I stopped a few months ago, I stopped coming in with lists of questions and it's been fine and it's conversational and it's just my job at that point to like keep the discussion moving and you know obviously you get like a mansplainer here or there and to try to like mitigate that um but there's always one there's always one (laughs) like cockroaches there's one and then they don't get the like attention and flattery that they seem to be seeking and then they don't come back but another one does oh interesting is there is there another way you're able to like deal with that is there a way you sort of deal with that in general um No, I, so one of the weird things about my life because of the job I've had, like everything's so independent and self-directed and has been for so long that I just walk away from situations like that. Like I'm like, it's so rarely is a situation where I'm like forced to engage that outside the book club, I'm like, oh, you're being really testosterone-y in like an aggressive way. I'm going somewhere else. Um, the book you need a button that you can press where a big cane will come off off the stage and pull them away yeah I'll just like they'll be like blah 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 and I'll go okay I think it's someone else's turn to talk now hi woman in the back who had your hand up five minutes ago would you like to what you had in mind there you go and I literally do that like good for you no that that's great for listeners who are who are trying to mitigate that that kind of stuff in their own book clubs so another another thing that I've had success with is when a man says you know the female perspective blah 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 I will cut them off and say I am female Uh here is my perspective and then when they start trying to talk I'm like no 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 now we're gonna let any other female who has a you asked for this (laughs) So besides sexuality and consent, uh, are there any other themes that you love to delve into with every book or like questions you like to ask the audience for every single book? I like to ask if it's porn every time mm, yeah. I'm on this quest to find out what porn really is. 
because the U.S. government says they know when they see it. Visa, you know, they have their murky laws about what's too far and what's like just plain porn. American Express also ostensibly knows it when they see it because they refuse to process payments for adult stuff. Um, so I'm like constantly because I run into the problem of like, well, is what I do porn? <laughs> um, I'm pretty fixated on it. So every time I'm like, all right, this thing we read, was it porn? Why or why not? That's super interesting. So tell us about your reading life. Do you have any reading quirks you want to share? Uh, I can't put something on my bookcase unless I've read it. Oh, good for you. It like languishes in a corner of my desk. And then like every once in a while, I'll be like, why, like, why do I even have this book? I'm never going to read this book. And then I'll pass it on. Um, but for it to go on my bookshelf, like I have to have read it and liked it. Because I live in a tiny New York apartment. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's fantastic. Uh, what about your reader wheelhouse? That's like what we call anything that's like, um, just if a book is about something specific, you'll pick it up every single time without fail. Like any tropes or subjects? No. It used to be, used to be sexuality, but now I've, I've been doing professional sex stuff for over a decade. And so half the time, like I look at the book and I'm like, I roll. Um, but if it doesn't induce an eye roll, then it's it's going in my bag. I'm taking it home. I'm reading it. That's a good rule. Yeah. Good bookstore rule. So, Stoya, where can we find you online and where can we read more of your writing? Um, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Stoya. But being a sex worker post-Sesta-Fosta, like, you can't really count on social media staying up. Um, and I do have hellostoya.com. But frankly, I, I took almost all the book material off the website because I get paid for the book and I pay to have a website. So yeah, so there's only like, you know, there's like a, a taste, a teaser, maybe an update or two since the book has been published. But like, you know, I hit 30 and I was like, I live in a capitalist world. I'm just going to have to do capitalism. And so that means like, sorry, guys, I'm not sharing my life for free on the Internet. No, we, we want our listeners to buy your book. <laughs> <laughs> they can support you. <laughs> it's like, what is it, like $20? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just nervous. Um, so, Soya, thank you so much for joining us. And where, where can we buy Philosophy Pussycats and Porn? Um, not a cult.media or Amazon, or if you're in Portland, Powell's Books, or if you're in New York, um, Blue Stockings. I always try to send everyone to Blue Stockings because they're such a great independent bookstore. They had a hugely formative effect on me as like a teenager, and they're just great. Yeah, it's a super rad store. Yeah. Awesome. Stoya, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now it's time to look at some book tech, advances in bookish technology. Mead wrote in with a book tech problem we're going to solve. There are several books from my past that I have strong memories of that really moved me and that I still think about 20 years later, but I don't remember the names of the books. These are books I checked out of the library, read and loved and then returned. Any services out there that can help find books that you don't remember the title to. Mead, we got a lot of help coming. We're going to help you solve this problem. This is something that I think everybody has done 
Everyone has one book that they love that they can't remember the name of. The help that we're talking about is coming straight from the New York Public Library. And here they have a bunch of suggestions. And the first one... Try Google. Although, what I do first is try my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm always like, do you remember this book from our childhood that's this, this, and this? And he can usually remember what I'm talking about. So call my brother first. Call Bria's brother. (laughs) Call, yeah, call Zane. (laughs) Everyone just call Zane. Uh, Because he's pretty good at that. Uh, Then try Google. Yes. Google is the next. Just Google. People have looked this stuff up before. Yes. You can find a lot of shit on Google. Also, you can crowdsource it. There are threads on Reddit or Goodreads just for this. Twitter is really, really great, too. Uh, tag us in it. We'll retweet it for you. Uh, just, you know, because sometimes someone out there is going to remember that book. Yeah, absolutely. So here's a couple of places. Man, once we started looking through this list, I got so sidetracked by this. Uh-huh. Um, it's so fun to look through. Um, the first one is, what's the name of that book? It's a Goodreads group with a searchable uh, discussion posts, thousands of questions and answers. Um, it's really interesting. They divide it up into um, ones that are not solved, ones that are maybe solved, and then ones that are solved. And, for example, the top solved one right now is they just – you put, like, what it is. You're, like, fiction, possible a tri- possibly a trilogy, theme is aging – Main character works at a magazine, husband died of cancer, has a sister who has two daughters, and they talk about what the book is about. And then basically um, people come on and they're like, what about this? What about this? And this one happened to be, it's called uh, Diary of a Good Neighbor. Huh. So th- so there's just like all sorts of ones. And then I went down the rabbit hole where I was like, ooh, can I solve any of these for people? Where I was like, Yeah, if oh. you feel like being a good Samaritan one day, it's a great idea to just pop your head in and see and if you can help any of Mallory, when I was looking through this, I was like, Mallory should just go on here because you're really good at this and I'm super not. The Okay, one today is, I'm just going to throw it out to you see if you can solve it. Although it's YA. Let me show you uh, anyone that's not yeah, YA. I'm not, YA is my, my one area of weakness. Okay. Uh, I have this, a YA heel. This person says, one specific book, sci-fi mystery, lots of short stories. It is YA. There's a lot of YA ones. Probable spoilers. They said it's a children's teen book. Yeah, you can't ask me From a YA Australia. One. Okay, wait, hold on. I think perhaps Simon Vance narrated this. Not sure. It's a very long fantasy novel about a diminutive race of people in Germany who somehow survive their exile from a more typical people live in a forest. <laughs> No, I have no fucking idea. Um, you don't know any romances either. No. It's a lot of romance. It's a lot of sci-fi on this book. Um, but there's other ones. There, there's other ones. You can. What else can Pichi look at? Can Maud look at? Uh, so the another there's a library thing group. If you have library thing called Name That Book, and there's like around three thousand people in there, and many of them are librarians or like library adjacent people, and they can help solve your book mysteries. And there's also um there's a Fiction L list serve, um. And you can search the archives for past questions answered by a really great bookish community. Or you could subscribe and post a new one. Yeah, and Reddit has one too called What's That Book Thread. It's like so many people trying to help other people remember a book. Included uh, frequently requested books. um, Especially good for science fiction and fantasy. And there's a blog called Stump the Bookseller. Which is, it's so in Ohio there's this indie bookstore. And they maintain like an extensive searchable archive for this blog. And they offer a $4 service for personalized help and there's a lot of this is a great place for children's books and also that's so cheap four dollars and someone will help you find this book that's kind of amazing um also the big book search uh if you can only remember what the cover looks like you can call you can uh start with that so yeah this is a cover search tool the internet is your friend on this one this is what you should definitely go and try to find also remember there's library databases so try asking your librarian and remember there's going to be a link to all of these in the show notes so don't worry we're going to 
you don't have to rem- you you folks never have to like pause it and then rewind and like write stuff down. Everything's in the show notes. But if you find it, let us know because we want an update on this. I'm very curious. Yes, let, let us know if you use for. any of these services. And if you want us to look at some book book tech or solve a reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail dot com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who run our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. This week's outro audio is from Altered Carbon, sent in by Joan. And remember that you can buy reading glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. You can show off your love of reading and support the show. And if you want to support the show for free, you can rate us and review us on iTunes. It's great for us. It helps us reach more listeners. It helps us get cooler guests. It helps us feel nice about ourselves when we see that nice number. We're on our way to 700. We're very excited about it. And you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening. And thanks thanks for reading. People change, but how much? As a child, I believed there was an essential person a sort of core personality around which the surface factors could evolve and change without damaging the integrity of who you were. Later, I started to see that this was an error of perception caused by the metaphors we were used to framing ourselves in. What we thought of as personality was no more than the passing shape of one of the waves in front of me, or, slowing it down to more human speed, the shape of a sand dune. Form in response to stimulus. Wind, gravity, upbringing, gene blueprinting, all subject to erosion and change. From Altered Carbon by Richard K. Morgan. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.